One, two, one, two. Okay, one, two, three, four. Hey, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Andy That's in the Bible's podcast, number four, no less. Um, this is the fourth podcast I've done, the second in less than a week. The first two took about a year, so this is about a million percent improvement. If my maths is correct, it probably isn't. It's not my strong suit, but uh, I'm sure you'll agree. Once every six months is not good enough, and maybe twice in a week is too much, but we'll get there. But there is a reason for this. I'll come back to that. Uh, something has happened. It's rather big. It's a political thing. Um, but before we get into that, I want to a little bit of housekeeping from last week. I mentioned on my music recommendations for you that uh, Mandy Bingham had recorded their second album in uh, Muscle Shoals in Alabama. She hasn't. I got her. Uh, I, I, I got her mixed up with another female singer-songwriter here from Northern Ireland. So apologies to Mandy for that. Although she is recording, she is recording her second album, but she's doing it with Stevie Scullion. Uh, of Malogen down in his studio uh, in Antrim there I think it is so uh, apologies to Mandy for that my bad um, the other thing I wanted to the podcast has gone this is a podcast now by the way I've said in the past that it's a, a vlog or a, a little update or just it's not I've actually I said it's not a podcast it is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this so I've had the uh the people that that I host the podcast with, they put it up and they get it up on Spotify and iTunes and all this. And I haven't done it. They're fucking terrible. So uh, it's up on Spotify right now and that's it. So you can get it on Spotify and Anchor FM. Hopefully it'll start changing and I'll be able to start sharing those links with you. But um, I could do it myself, but I really don't fancy it. Uh, fucking around the internet trying to find RSS links and where to put them it's not my idea of fun so uh, we'll see how we get on so yeah and and thank you for the feedback I got some good I got some good feedback from last week's podcast I still need we got a couple of recommendations for gigs in the south of Ireland so we'd like a few more of those if you if you can I'm still keen to uh, get involved in 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 theming TVs, movies, and theatre, uh, theatre music. So, if you have any recommendations for that, I would really be keen as well. So, yeah, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, let's do this. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Brexit. Today is Monday, the 3rd of February, and three days ago on Friday, Brexit happened. The UK left the European Union. At the stroke of midnight, Brussels time, not UK time, 11pm UK time. Very funny. Uh, so we're going to talk about this. I know what you're thinking, don't do it Andy, but I'm sorry, I have to. So let's do this. Brexit. So, the reason that I was compelled to make this episode... By the way, I've got a pluck on my nose. I had some cake yesterday for my brother-in-law's birthday and I woke up with a big zit on my nose. Can you see it? Uh, so, uh, yeah. 
Um, the reason that I was compelled to make this episode today, there was something happened, as well as Brexit. Um, we'll talk about Northern Ireland politics. If you're not from Northern Ireland, it may get a little bit confusing, and I apologise for that. If you're from Northern Ireland, you'll know exactly what I'm... the references that I'm making, and you'll... Uh, you may agree with me, you may not. You may have a more nuanced opinion, or more uh, maybe better informed than me. So if you are, and any of those things are true, please forgive me. Understand this. I'm not talking about any of this from a position of hate or, 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 or nastiness. This is all from a position of love. I genuinely want to open up, and I, I, I do it with everything I do, I want to open up and explore, and we want to talk about these things. There are massive differences between people on this island, especially in the north of Ireland. And uh, if you disagree with me, that's it, fine. It's cool. It really is very cool. Let's have a chat and see if we can figure out if I'm wrong, if you're wrong, if there's a different way that we can, which is the way that I think that we need to go. But I digress. Something happened on Friday night, as well as um, as well as Brexit. Now, there's a, a politician in, in here in the north of Ireland called Arlene Foster. She's the leader of the DUP, the biggest unionist party uh, in 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 Northern Ireland. The, Arlene Foster, excuse me, made an appearance on the Ryan, Ryan Tuberty's RTE Late Late Show. It's one of these people sitting on a sofa having a chat with celebrities about their latest movies, one of them things. Generally fucking terrible. But the reason that this was remarkable was first of all it was Arlene Foster, the character involved. She generally doesn't do these things. You know, it's, it's not her, it's not her wheelhouse. But the fact that she went to Dublin to do it was it was remarkable. It was genuinely remarkable. And the reason I say that, the political world that she lives in generally don't go to Dublin to do things. It's changed a little bit recently. Certain commemorations and things like that. Certain political events. But generally, those people don't go to Dublin. They're hard-right Christian fundamentalists and they don't travel to Dublin very often. In the past, they would have been confused. They would have been called things like uh, a Lundy. I'm not even going to go there. Just you can, you can try and figure that one out by yourself. If you if you know what I'm talking, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. It's it's too fucking stupid. But um, the DUP and Arlene Foster in particular, she's the leader of the biggest unionist party in Northern Ireland, and they have been propping up a Tory government for the past three years. They were the kingmakers in Westminster up until Boris Johnson. It's important. These people, the DUP, as I said, they're generally considered to be hard right fundamentalist, Christian fundamentalist, uh, anti-LGBTQ+, uh, anti-abortion, things like that. They just they, that, that's where they live. And 
they're very out of kilter with politics in general, especially in England. And for them to be propping up an English-British government was was remarkable. But not only were they propping up this British government, they were advising their own constituents during the Brexit campaign to vote for Brexit. Now, for all intents and purposes, let's a little, little bit about the Brexit thing in general. Now, you may have voted for Brexit. You may, if you didn't, if you you may have voted against Brexit or, or for Brexit. You may agree with Brexit. You may not. That's up to yourself. My point is this: the biggest sin of Brexit was that Brexit wasn't negotiated and laid down like a normal referendum ahead of time. So in a normal referendum, the government will send out uh, civil servants, they will gather up all the information, they will put it in a document, they will make sure that everybody is eligible to vote gets a copy of the document, and if they want they can read it, and then they will allow for a period of debate, and the terms and conditions of the referendum are carried forward uh, like that, so you can't turn around and lie. You can't say 350 million a week on the side of a bus for the NHS because it's not in the document. That didn't happen. So everybody was free to lie their asses off. And did. So the DUP here in Northern Ireland, are gen they're, they're, they're so full of hubris and arrogance and they're corrupt as hell. It's it's staggering that they get away with it, continue to get away with it. It's it, it bewilders me, but there you go. Whenever you're lying and cheating at the behest of the establishment, uh, there's you only ever get promoted upwards, at worst sidewards. All you have to do is don't get caught and uh, don't tout, and you'll be fine. But the DUP. The DUP encouraged their constituents to vote for Brexit, even though it was becoming increasingly clear that it was against their own economic interests. That, to me, is grounds for expulsion alone. You've betrayed your own people. And these are people that are highly nationalistic, very fond of the Union Jack, and very fond of, of an us and them narrative. Uh, so for them to encourage their own constituents to vote against their own interests is is it's a problem uh, but not unique the working class seem to be fond of this across the world but that's another uh, if I could figure that one out right now it would be it would be interesting but when Arlene Foster back to the Arlene Foster going on the TV show when she goes on that TV it actually annoyed me now there are certain political figures that do annoy you. You know, as soon as they come on the television or the radio or whatever, I, I personally can't even... St like like a Donald Trump, for example. If he comes on TV, I turn it over. I don't, I don't care what he says, but he actually irritates me. But Arlene Foster is different. She annoys me because it directly affects me. It affects me because I live here in Northern Ireland. And I see her as being the worst leader unionism has ever had and when she goes on 
Rand Tuberty's Late Late Show. And she sits there with a certain amount of humanity. And she's rather conciliatory and a little bit humble. A little bit humble. It is striking. But it got on my nerves because it was far too little, far too late as far as I'm concerned. She should have been doing this for years. I'll, I'll come back to that. And you have to understand who these, these sometimes almost cartoonish-like characters sometimes that, that we have in the DUP. Arrogance is their thing. It's, it's the byword that goes with them. When we talk about them here in Northern Ireland, you're using that word arrogant. And they are arrogant. And whenever they were brought to Westminster to prop up Theresa May's minority Tory government, they loved it. They got to, they were kingmakers and they wore it. They wore it on their sleeves and let everybody know. And they stomped about the Houses of Parliament and anyone that would have them on a political TV show or whatever. And the smug arrogance of them was it was generally sickening. And there's a reason that I say that, and this is the reason. The DUP the DUP were always going to be betrayed. How do I know that? Because Ulster Unionism has always been betrayed by the British and specifically by the British Tories. Ever since the state of Northern Ireland was formed, that has been the way of things. Now, whenever the DUP go into coalition with the Tories, I knew it was going to happen straight away. I knew that they were going to get screwed. I'm an idiot, and I knew that this was going to happen. If I can see it, and all the political geniuses of Ulster Unionism can't see it, what does that say about the leadership within Ulster Unionism? Now, did they not see it? Or did they know it was going to happen and chose that brief moment in the spotlight to make hay while for the personally make hay while the sun shines for themselves as individuals, by the way, not for their constituents and not for this state of Northern Ireland. For them as individuals. So if I can see that they're going to get screwed, how come they didn't? Well, I don't believe that they didn't. I believe they did. So what did they do? They go into negotiations about themselves, a lordship here, a peerage there, a dame, lady this or whatever. And this is what they did. I believe that this is what they did. And what that boils down to is they betrayed their own people. I don't use that word lightly. I genuinely think that they, that, that, they have, that they have done this. That there was going to be a border down the Irish Sea was always going to be, was always inevitable. I could see it. Everybody could see it. We could. They were telling us it wasn't going to happen and no one could figure out a way of how this wasn't going to happen. And this was the point. I mentioned a moment ago, all the terms of Brexit needed to be laid out before the vote 
if you vote for Brexit, this is what you're going to get. And for us in Northern Ireland, it was going to mean a border down the Irish Sea. Now, the DUP couldn't go to their constituents and say, vote for this. So they would have had to say, don't vote for, vote no, not yes. But they did the opposite. Even though they knew there was going to, there was always going to be a border down the Irish Sea. There's no way there wasn't going to be a border down the Irish Sea. This is is analogous of the entire Brexit debate. There's so many things that should have happened, didn't happen, and because of that, is 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 now a shit show. But I'm talking specifically about us here in Northern Ireland. Now, I'm going to I want to give you a quote uh, from here here in Northern Ireland. We have Stormont Assembly, which is where our local government offices are in Belfast. And if you've ever seen it, it's a grand big white building. On a very parliament, looks exactly like what it is. It looks like a parliament. If it wasn't a parliament, it'd be a very nice hotel. And it sits up on a hill with a big driveway. It's very striking, very impressive building. If you're into that sort of thing. And just outside the building, there's a, there's a little uh, sort of uh, piece of grass. And there's a statue on it. And it's a very impressive statue. It's a, it is a dynamic statue. It's of a man called Edward Carson, who's considered the grandfather of Ulster Unionism. And he is a Dublin-born, interestingly enough, barrister, who sort of fought hard anyway for the for the, the partition of, of Ireland and the setting up of Northern Ireland as a state under the United Kingdom. And the statue is very dynamic. Carson was a barrister and a great orator. Interestingly enough, a little side note, he was the he was the, the lawyer that put Oscar Wilde in jail whenever he was um whenever he was jailed for indecency and sodomy. So that was him. But this statue of Carson, he's got his hand up in the air and he's he's summoning he's summoning words from God. I think he has a Bible in his other hand, I'm not sure. He's summoning words from God, and he, you know, to to to, to the masses that that were his 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 audience. And it's a very impressive statue, and he's often quoted by Ulster Unionists. But one of the quotes that you rarely hear from those same Unionists is this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out to you because I've written it down, and I assume this was sometime around the. Uh, in the 1920s, I really don't know what the date was, but the words are no less impressive. Edward Carson, what a fool I was. I was only a puppet, and so was Ulster, and so was Ireland, in a political game that was, to, in the political game that was to get the Conservative Party into power, the Tories. That could have been written yesterday. Those words could have been spoke yesterday. And this is my point. Oh, now, let's say this was 1926 or whatever the year was. That was almost 100 years ago. These same betrayals have been going on all along the way. It's obvious that the English don't care about our Protestant, Unionist and Loyalist brothers and sisters here in Northern Ireland. Which is fine. Why should they? They don't need to care about it. We should, they shouldn't have to care about us. We should be a, a happy little neighbour. That's it. But that's another story. But 
the fact that these betrayals have been going on so long, and just a couple of years ago, the DUP were setting themselves up for another betrayal, and it was so obvious to someone like me, but not to them. And the, the Protestant and Unionist and Loyalist people of this country need to take their own, they need to take a bit of a hit for this one. Not that it wasn't obvious to you is unbelievable to me. I can't understand it, how you didn't see this coming. Everybody could see it coming. So maybe your maybe your retort to me is, well, what else were we supposed to do? I'll tell you what you were supposed to do. The DUP go into coalition with the Tories three years ago, two and a, three years ago. They should have gone to their constituents and their political and other ways we know who we're talking about and said to them this is what's going to happen we're going to get betrayed we know we're going to get betrayed the Tories are going to betray us we're getting fucking rid we need to prepare and this is what we're going to do you may not like it but this is what we're going to do and this is called leadership we're going to go to our friends in Brussels. We're going to go to our friends in Dublin. We're going to go to our friends in London. And we're going to go to our friends in America who have a special place for us in their hearts. And we're going to start to make networks. And we're going to start to build a relationship with all of these people. And we're going to say, look at us, poor Northern Ireland. Look at look at what's happened to us. People have we're going to forget about it but the past but we've been treated terribly can we not get a bit of your business and we can start to do we have got the best educated underemployed dole queue in the world we've got networks to London we've got networks to Dublin we've got networks to Brussels we've got networks to the US can we not start to make something here for us and in that instance in that, in that spirit Ulster Unionism takes on a different authority and it genuinely creates its own power base. But they didn't. They did they did nothing. They did exactly the opposite of that. They insulted Brussels, they insult they didn't insult America, they insulted Dublin, and they insulted Brussels, and then they walked about London as if they owned it. And the English people, you now know what we have to live with. That's what it's like over here with them pricks all the time. But that's what they should have done. Now, why this matters, this represents a policy of leadership within unionism. And this is a problem for all of us, no matter what our political stripe. Whether we want a united Ireland or whether we, we want an independent Northern Ireland or a Celtic union with Scotland or whatever. Hilarious idea, funny, made me laugh. But no matter what you want, the problem is that these people, to quote somebody else, and you'll know who I'm talking about, they haven't gone away, right? They're here, they're not going away. We have to share this piece of the world that we live on. We have to make it ours, together. And the fact that a significant portion of our people are so bereft of leadership and that they have to look to the likes of Arlene Foster 
and Jeffrey Donaldson and Gregory Campbell and Edwin fucking Putz. Oh my God. If they have to look to these people for leadership is a problem for us all. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean by that? It's a problem for us all because we have to live here together. And this is where we are. And this is why Brexit is such a crime. And this is why Brexit for Northern Ireland is such a problem. My Protestant unionists and loyalist brothers and sisters are now finding themselves in a position where I might have said, I could maybe see United Ireland within my lifetime if I live another 40 years, which would be unlikely, but say I do, uh, maybe within my lifetime. We're now hearing things like within five years. I think that's a bit extreme, but... That's what people are saying. Now, how, how do you feel if you're from that community and this is what you're hearing? And you're starting to see soft unionists, like pe people that call themselves unionists, you know, maybe come from an Ulster Scots background, would look to England. But if, over this past while, seeing the, rise, seeing the rise of English nationalism and how it has affected us here, seeing the policy of leadership within within uh, within unionism and the general magnanimity coming from Dublin and Brussels and farther afield oh, it's, it's, it, it, the landscape looks a lot different it's changed but it's, it it could have changed in a different way if the leadership was there but the leadership isn't there and it's not there and I don't know who's going to step up to replace the likes of Arlene Foster and the current DUP uh, debacle it's it's genuinely it's a little bit worrying it's a little bit worrying I don't think we're going to go back to the troubles the conditions that, that caused that are not what we have um, but uh, so yeah so basically that, that was my whole that was my whole thing um, I gave you a quote a moment ago by uh, Edward Carson I want to give you another quote and it's by Bruna Gallagher, who's a singer and actress from Derry, and she's much loved uh, in Ireland. You might, if you, if you don't know who she is, you would know her best from she was one of the backing singers in the Commitments. She was also in one of the, the Star Wars prequels, funnily enough. But uh, she's a great character, and she's a lovely woman, and she's very uh, very politically engaged. But she was interviewed on uh, Joe. .ie. It's available on YouTube. You should check it out. And she said something that it really rung my bell. And she says, she'll never forgive the English for creating a lost tribe here in Ireland. And that sort of is, when I think of my Protestant unionist and loyalist brothers and sisters, that's what I feel for them. I mean, please, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. I'm just, that's how I feel. And, and, and then when you see how the English and Britain doesn't want anything to do with us and how you're being treated. I'm, I, f I sense that that's, that lost tribe feeling must be very, um, must be to the fore right now within your political discussion and emotional discussion too. So, yeah, so that, that's my take on it. Yeah, I, th I think I'm done. I think I'm going to call this. Uh, I want what I want uh, for, 
I want you to know again. I started this. I started this with this sort of talk, and I want to finish it with this. I come from a position of love. I don't hate anybody. I don't hate the English. I don't hate our PUL brothers and sisters. I don't hate Republicans or nationalists or I don't hate anybody. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to come at this from a common sense ground almost. I don't see how Northern Ireland can continue to exist within the UK. The UK may split because of the Scottish national question now. The, I read there this morning that the, the European Parliament, the 50, the 50 votes that was needed, uh, they, they, they voted and they said they were are prepared to welcome Scotland into the EU. Hands down. Uh, so that's going to light a fire under that already raging fire. So the UK might be gone. Where are we going to be within it? Where is Northern Ireland going to be within the United Kingdom with Scotland either wanting to go or gone? The Welsh national question is starting to rise up and the English national the, the English the English nationalism has raised its and its head and board's teeth. All this harking back to empire is ridiculous. You can't just go invade somebody's country and steal their shit unless you're America, but you can't do it. You England certainly can't do it, and Britain certainly can't do it like they used to. So, harking back to empire, which I see a lot of, is bewildering. Those days are gone. Where are we going to be? This is what we need to do. We need to figure out. We need to have this conversation. Is it going to be a United Ireland? Have the conversation. If it's not going to be a United Ireland, what is it? Because the status quo might leave you behind. And this is the point. Brexit has left us behind. We voted against us and ourselves whenever, well, we did in the Northern Ireland, we voted to stay, but if you voted to, 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 to leave the EU, you voted against yourself. And if you haven't voted against yourself, let's say Brexit worked out. Let's say it works out for, for Britain. It'll be by accident. It'll not be by design. No one... Nobody knew what it was going to be going into it, so how the fuck can you know what it's going to be coming out of it? And it's too big a deal to take a gamble. If we come out of this smelling the roses, it's going to be good luck, not going to be good leadership or by design. God knows it's not going to be because of good leadership. Boris Alexander de Feffel Johnson. Who and how can you vote for someone called that? But anyway, so there we go. Um that's my take on it. If you disagree with me, please disagree with me. It's all good. I love you anyway. Don't be hating. Don't be doing any of that shit. We don't need that here. Um. So, yeah. So, there we go. Brexit. Woo! Must admit, I'm a bit nervous about putting this one up. I don't really... I really don't want to be... Uh, Losing friends and influence like the DUP. But there we go. But anyway, here we go. This is going to be my music recommends uh, for this podcast. I'm going to do this regularly. Because although we may... Um, we may talk about different subjects. Pol politics and what have you. Um, I still want to do this. I like this. So... I'm going to give you f another four records that I listen to regularly um, that you may know. 
could know or don't know either way so here's just as they appear in my in no particular order so this one it's an old one ish uh, it's Federation X American folk horror it's called uh, it was originally released on Estrus Records in fact I think that was the only release so it says here recorded in March 2001 three-piece band from uh, Washington State somewhere like that Bellingham in Washington State that was it yeah an amazing album part of the whole sort of Detroit garage revival in the early noughties um, really raw stuff um, three piece and I think it's two guitars and drums I'm not sure I don't think there's a bass player involved I love this record um, yeah just fucking amazing album if you can get this which I'm sure you can you should get it so Federation X American Folk Horror really raw recordings really raw garagey style recordings uh, next one Kit Tempest The Book of Traps and Lessons this is her latest opus it's fair to call this an opus because it really is we went my me and uh, Janie my wife we went to see her in in um, Vicar Street in Dublin just before Christmas I want to yes so just before Christmas uh, 2019 and ooh, she was impressive um she she made me cry which as a, the older I'm getting I'm kind of doing that more it's bizarre I heard this would happen but I wasn't prepared for it it's happened I can't watch movies anymore I start to cry a lot at movies it's terrible but there you go so Kate Tempest The Book of Traps and Lessons beautiful beautiful album I love this an amazing artist I mean uh, and proper I mean proper use of the word artist Um, this one this is one of, I was looking to get this on vinyl for years and uh, I finally got it and it's Cypress Hill's first album. It's, I think it's called Cypress Hill. It's got tracks like Pigs and How I Could Just Kill a Man. But uh, my favourite Cypress Hill track is Tres Aquas, Aque, Tres Aque. And it's sort of lesser known, but it's very, very groovy. And I love it. So I was I picked this up in Abba Zappa Records in Derry. We were doing a, an in the Bonnevilles were doing an in store up there, so I picked this up. Uh, amazing album, you should get it. I'm a huge Cypress Hill fan. Their, their new album's very good too. And then, so that's them three. This is not an album or not a vinyl, it's a CD. The reason being is it's not available on vinyl. So, this is Lamo Flynn. Lamo Flynn is a, an Ellen Piper Irish. Types, I'm sure you know, um, and he was the, sort of the the, the 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 king of the pipers. Really, he was the the, the top man in Ireland. He, he only died a couple of years ago. Um, but I was given this on this album by my uncle Barry Barry Kerr Senior. Uh, back in my youth, with a little bit of arrogance attached, I sort of was very dismissive of traditional Irish music, and he. In his wisdom, said, "Okay." He sat me down in his armchair, put a set of headphones on, and put this on, and said, "Have a listen and tell me what you think." Pooh, 
blew away. Um, just and just in a great way, he just made me look like a complete arse. But this has remained one of my favourite albums ever since. It's beautiful. I listen to it regularly. I mean regularly. Like there's barely a week or a month goes by, let's say, that I don't I don't get to listen to this. So uh, Liam O'Flynn out to another out to another side. And uh, let me know if you listen to this. Let me know how you get on. If you're into trad music, I'm sure you know it already. If you're not, uh, let me know. This is a good this is a good way to get into Irish music. Try that. So, so there we go. Yeah. So podcast number four done. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I know the subject matter was a little uh, could be controversial. I do get involved in politics. I am involved in politics. But I don't tend to make it very public with my band and stuff like that. And I don't really want to do that. It's it's My band is my band and this is a separate thing altogether. And I don't want every episode to be about politics. As I said, I am engaged in politics locally. But um, I don't uh, I, I don't want it to be a big thing. I want this, what we're doing here, to be more wider ranging. So I hope you don't mind my take on Brexit just happened. Um, and what we have here in Northern Ireland what we have uh, to deal with. Um, as I said, if you agree, that's cool. If not, that's cool too. It's all good. Don't be falling out. Let's just, let's try and not do that and find a way forward. And yeah, that's it. Peace out, brothers and sisters. I love you very much. Bye.